Hello, I'm Father Joe Roche of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Thank you for joining us as we continue our journey of reading the Journal of Blessed George Matulaitis from beginning to end. Today we take up from where we left off, beginning with January 10th and February 10th, 1919, Part 3, pages 180 through 182. February 10th, 1919, Part 3. The Catholic Society of Vilnius, both Polish and Lithuanian, was up in arms over the school issue. Both priests and lay people came to consult with me about what is to be done. The Polish teachers have split into two factions. The staunch Catholics have decided to demand unequivocally that the schools remain Catholic. The non-practicing Catholics and non-Catholics want to negotiate and compromise with the Bolsheviks. The Polish delegation came to see me, asking what I make that I make peace among them and give them direction in this matter of pre- preserving the Polish schools. The lawyer, Wrobletsky, also visited me to find out what I thought about the secularization of the schools. I have been told that at one time he appeared to be a zealous Catholic, who, it is said, even kissed priests' hands in public. Later he became a radical Polish nationalist, a supporter of the National Democrats. Now, when other winds are blowing, he has joined the leftist party, the Social Democrats. He explained the difficult situation of the Polish schools. If they decide to submit to Bolshevik demands and do away with the teaching of religious religion altogether, the priests can protest and the parents can boycott the schools, saying that they are godless and so on. If they do not obey the Bolsheviks, the Polish schools will fall apart of their own accord because the Bolsheviks will refuse to fund them and may even confiscate their buildings and permits. With prices going up, teachers' salaries must be raised, but there are no funds. The students' tuition is already considerable and cannot be increased any more. In the secondary schools established by the Bolsheviks, the teachers are well paid and education is free. Without financial support, the Polish schools will not be able to compete with the Bolshevik schools and will have to close. The students will be dispersed and eventually will come to the Bolshevik school if they want to get an education. If we support the Bolsheviks and maintain the Polish high schools, the children will be taught by competent teachers in the proper manner, while religion could be taught in some other building nearby. I answered Mr. Roblevsky that I cannot allow religion to be banned in the schools. It is the parents' duty to protest this, and the teachers should bring out the fact that this would be detrimental from the educational standpoint. He asked me whether the Lithuanian parents intend to protest. I replied that as far as I know, they do. From my conversation with Mr. Roblevsky and other Polish delegates, it became clear that if I had told him that we, both the priests and lay Catholics, would boycott those schools were religion to be abolished, the Poles would have accused the church and the clergy of undermining Polish society and the educational system. They would be busy accusing us, while the various groups of Polish socialists would have used the situation to attack the church. Although Mr. Roblewski had gone, Mr. Kosielkowski, the principal of the boys' first secondary school, came in. He is a good Catholic, 
but there is also non-Catholic teachers at his school. Then he went on to say much the same thing as Mr. Roblevsky. He requested that I issue some guidelines on the matter and try to reconcile the quarreling factions. I answered him that my directives could only be those provided by the Church. 1. Catholic parents have both a duty and the right to demand that their children be educated in a Catholic spirit. I opened the Book of Canon Law and read the appropriate article to the principal. 2. If the Bolsheviks decide to abolish religious instruction in the schools, the parents are obliged to protest. 3. In my opinion, the Catholic teachers should at least make a statement that, taking into account social values, the desires of both parents and children, as well as educational goals, religious instruction should remain. 4. I also said I cannot interfere with your negotiations with the Bolsheviks. Do what you can to ensure that the teaching of religion continues. But if the Bolsheviks abolish it by force, there is not much that you can do. Then we will see what this new secularized school will be like if it becomes evident that these schools undermine and destroy religious faith, then it is obvious that Catholic parents cannot send their children to such institutions, and if they do so, the priests cannot give them absolution. 5. You should not imagine, I told him, that if the Bolsheviks give the secondary schools financial uh, support, they will allow them to be conducted in a Catholic spirit, as they have been up to now. If they give you money, they will want the schools run as they see fit. I think that you will be replaced by another principal, a Bolshevik, who will run the school his own way. 6. Such concessions and agreements with the Bolsheviks can be partially justified only in the event that they will have pulled out by summer, so that the schools can somehow be saved until then. With the beginning of the new school year, things would have returned to normal. But if the Bolsheviks hold on for any time, sooner or later we Catholics will have to fight for our ideals. Very probably here, as in Russia, at the beginning of the new school year, they will abolish all non-Bolshevik schools and will end religious education everywhere. 7. I added the following. If necessary, I intend to issue a pastoral letter to the priests and Catholic parents reminding them what kind of schools should be conducted in Catholic countries and to what sort of schools parents can send their children with a clear conscience. Blessed George writes here in the second part of the entry, in the third part, excuse me, that the Bolsheviks want to secularize the Catholic schools. The Polish teachers are split into two factions, those that want to retain the Catholic character and identity of the schools and those that wish to negotiate and compromise with the Bolsheviks. Blessed George met with a lawyer who seems to shift in the wind uh, depending on which direction the political winds are blowing. The schools are in a difficult position. The Bolsheviks could refuse to fund them and then even confiscate the buildings if the parents refuse to cooperate. Education is free in the Bolshevik schools. How can the Catholic schools compete without any support? Blessed Ref George refuses to let religion be banned from the schools. He says that the parents have the right to protest. And Blessed George learned from his conversation with the lawyer that if he had said that the priests would allow, would also boycott the socialized schools, some would have used this to warrant the uh, nationalistic, to worsen 
the nationalistic and ethnic tensions that already existed. From a spiritual perspective, dividing and conquering is a tool that the devil always tries to use. A Catholic principal of a Catholic school asked Blessed George to issue guidelines and to try to reconcile the quarreling factions. Blessed George had to act like Solomon in a difficult, no-win situation. His directives came from the teachings of the Church and from canon law. There was the hope that the Bolsheviks would pull out by summer and not remain for long. Need a miracle? Here's a prayer for a special grace through the intercession of Blessed George, which has received ecclesiastical approval. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God, our Lord and Father, you surround us always by your care. Receive our humble petition, and through the intercession of Blessed George, who suffered so much for your glory and for the increase of your kingdom here on earth, grant me the grace, and here mention your intention, for which I ask you, with confidence, promising to live from now on with greater fidelity to your commandments. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. To receive a Blessed George prayer card, or to report graces received through the intercession of Blessed George, please visit us at thedivinemercy.org slash journal. That's thedivinemercy.org slash journal. Blessed George, pray for us. Jesus, I trust in you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Thank you, and God bless you. Are you a Marian Helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.